Hey, it's Professor Connors. It's time for our favorite time, our speed rail. We put together the greatest hits for you to check this out. Some of our, uh, our favorite question and answer sessions with some of our outstanding guests we've had in the last 21 episodes. So take a listen, find your favorite, and enjoy. First up, you got the guys. We're talking our first speed rail session ever. Professor Dodge gets into proof and what does proof mean on a spirits bottle? Have a listen. So the question that I figured I'd answer was the, what is proof and how is it measured? Now I am the, the spirits guy and all proof is, is the amount of alcohol in a beverage or in a spirit. Pretty simple. Now proof is really twice the alcohol. So if you are drinking a, a whiskey that's 80 proof, what, that means is it is 40% alcohol by volume. Now, the way that it is measured now is they use a hydrometer and they check the, the actual weight of the, um, the spirit. So they put this hydrometer in and depending on how low it sinks into the, the spirit is the, the weight of it. And that is how they come up with the, the proof for the alcohol. But the way this proof actually started, it's an old Navy term, old British Navy term. And what the Brits would do is take, because actually on British Navy ships and during the pirate days, they were allowed whiskey and rum, which I think still the British Navy does allow alcohol. The American Navy does not. But the British Navy allowed these, allowed you to bring alcohol on board. And they would pour a little bit of rum down and on top of gunpowder and they'd light it. And if it flamed, then it was of proof. And actually, that meant it was at least 57% alcohol. If it didn't flame up, it meant it was underproof because there was more water in it. And it, it wasn't, they didn't think it was any good. So really, that was the, the beginning of proofing was they just poured liquor on gunpowder. And if you watch any of the, those um, moonshiner shows, they'll, they'll do the same thing. They'll pour the moonshine on top of gunpowder and light it up. It actually is pretty spectacular to see the gunpowder flame on top of corn whiskey or, or whatever it is. So that is what proofing is. That's how it's figured out. But it, it's really not that exciting when they just put a hydrometer, hydrometer into it and say, oh, it's 40% alcohol. Um, it is a lot cooler when you're, you're burning stuff, especially gunpowder. Next up, Jacqueline. Jacqueline started to bring about the wine world in all the right ways. We talked a little bit about uh, what was she drinking on, what was still on her counter from the night before, and she got into a great story about sauternes. Have a listen, check it out. What you drinking on? Because people always ask me, you know, oh, what's your favorite wine? I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. So I know what to ask. So what's on your counter with the cork still sitting in it from the last night? What's in your fridge right now you're dying to open? Or what are you waiting for to come in the mail? This is is fun. This is fun. Well, um, I will tell you, I actually did not drink yesterday. So I don't have any currently open bottles on the counter. The rest of us did. Um, We made up for it. It was was my one day off, my day off. But I do, I have a saltern in the fridge right now that um, I've had a cork in for a couple of days and I can't wait to get back into that. So, you know, I love, I love saltern. I'm on, on a bit of a kick right now, but, um, you know, having a glass at the end of the night, a full glass and just, you know, the gooey sweetness, um, it's, it's better than any dessert, I think. So that's always something that I enjoy 
category. But there's a few wineries that I'm really into right now. Um, Virginia wine is something that I'm really enjoying. So interesting. Very interesting. Well, and I actually got my start writing about wine while living in Virginia. So Virginia wine is kind of my first love. Yeah. Um, Mine was upstate New York. So I, I feel that, you know. I definitely, uh, yeah. yeah. So Petit Minsang is a grape that I recently did a virtual wine tasting with three wineries in Virginia hosted an event. Um, and, the, and the topic was Petit Minsang. So they were showing each had a bottle of Petit Minsang. And um, this is a white grape that's primarily from the Southwest of France, but does really, really well in Virginia. And I got really excited about Petit Minsang. So I actually do have one of those bottles left in my fridge that I'm super excited about getting into again, because it's it's a heavier white wine. It's, it's very aromatic. It's almost like you can drink it as a red wine, almost. You can drink it a little bit warmer um, with heavier foods it's to it and it's really exciting and different so i'm i'm excited about the team (laughs) that's a new one so the the second question and again a popular one um that i've gotten a lot but i'm going to kind of bring it you know a little bit more understandable so over the summer uh last summer as a matter of fact uh, nathan and i had the opportunity to eat at per se uh which is obviously one of thomas keller's restaurants and we had the wine pairing and everything else and you would think that that would be this and it was a good experience nathan you would agree it was a good experience it it was but i don't remember having the wine pairing because i remember someone having it but it was not myself. Want to yeah. Throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it definitely was me. But uh, I'm always interested in about the overall food and wine because you know they go together so well. But Chef Alan Susser's up next. A South Florida legend, the original member of the Mango Gang. We talked to Chef about what's his favorite hole in the wall, and he gave some great recommendations. If you like Trinidadian food, this is going to be for you. Enjoy. I got to give something a little bit more Chef Allen approach because you are mm-hmm. one of the, uh, the legends of the South Florida culinary scene. And my question for you is that what's that hole in the wall restaurant that we would find you at that we, no one would think that you're like, you know, oh, this is where I go to get because I know you know them. So what is yeah. your favorite hole in the wall restaurant? And it could even be a dive bar because I love dive bars. Yeah, I, actually that hole in the wall is called LC's Roti. yes yes is Uh, over on uh 441 state road seven little trinidadian restaurant Uh, rotis are is a kind of a wrap handmade wrap with curries Mm -hmm. and doubles and just really spicy and i I love going in because elsie that's her name uh lucy but elsie is the name go in and after about going there twice she'll invite you into her office for a couple of shots and just, she loves people. <laughs> she loves a people. Like the combo of a food and the dive bar in the same spot. Exactly. So the dive bar, you know, I go in there and she like, all of a sudden she grabs me and chef come in the kitchen, taste this, taste this, come in the office. I'm going to make you some, you know, roti. I'm going to make you some doubles, but first here, here, let's do a couple of shots and then we're going to eat. So, I mean, having that I love kind that. Of warmth and hospitality and genuine honesty is why you want to find a place like that, like a dive yeah. bar, a hole in the wall where there's family, you become part of the family. It's awesome. And I send friends there. I send 
chefs there, and she takes care of them all the time. So anyone listening to this, if you do go and see Elsie, tell her I sent you, and I'm sure she's going to share her love with you. Uh, oh, that's amazing. I love that. Those are my favorite kind of, you know, the whole wall. Now, hopefully it doesn't get too, too popular, but I know we have a friend from Trinidad, Dale Gomez. Oh, you got to uh, go. Oh, that, uh-huh. that's amazing. So I got one. Next up, two of our favorite, and they both talk incredibly funny. Adrian Biggs and, of course, Chris Hopkins, two of the legendary mixologists for Bacardi USA, uh, are talking about what they won't drink. So have a listen on what Adrian and Chris won't drink. Still, they sound really funny. Funny New Jersey accents. Uh, I, we did this test a while ago with a, a bit of TPC paper, and it's basically a... Um, no, 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 TPC paper. Ultimately, you put it on your palate. Some people will have a vulgar response to it, not to the obviously vomiting or anything. Won't taste a thing. So it's like a uh, genetic uh, identifier, to be honest with you. So you, you pass it around a group of 20 people and you'll see some people just screw up their nose and go, oh my God, what have you done to me? And others go, you guys are loco. I can't taste a thing. So it's actually quite fun to do with it, with a, with some crew uh, to see how they react because I found a few people that have taste, had the paper and actually been susceptible to the t- taste have gone, yeah, IPA and I are not fans either. So interesting little scientific experiment to do. Very cool. You know, Chris, you don't have to get into salt and lime and tequila to explain it to Nathan. You can wait for another time for that. But all right, Chris Hopkins, what won't you drink? So I'm, I'm not going to brand bash, but there's a specific product that I won't touch ever again, but I'm not going to call that one out because that would be rude. Um, but it, it, more categorically, there's, there's, a, there's a thing that I, there's two things I detest personally when it comes to drink. That's the thing with a diet mixer. Um, <laughs> you put aspartame or any of those fake sugars in anything. I don't understand how anybody drinks them. I personally can't stand that saccharine fish finish that's kind of waxy and just, it destroys a drink for me. I like a Bacardi and Coke is delicious. A Bacardi and Diet Coke is an abomination, but that's the personal choice. Uh, the other one is a, any dirty martini with gin. I don't quite understand it. You know, the bright citric botanical nature of gin, it's, it's robust, it's floral. There's all these beautiful, like amazing botanicals that have been sourced from all around the world. And then to dump a bunch of dirty olive juice in it that just dumbs it all down and dulls all those flavor profiles. I personally don't get it. I don't mind it with vodka. I'm completely okay with it with Grey Goose or anything else. But when it comes to gin, dirty martinis, to me, that's just a go. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm, not, I'm sending it back. Actually, I probably won't send it back. I'll probably just split it into a couple of shot glasses and shoot it with friends. But you know, it's just <laughs> the two things: diet, diet sodas, and dirty gin martini. Then what about the, no the pickleback? Are you okay with the pickleback? Uh, I'm okay with it, actually. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the taste of pickles. The funny thing is, I don't like pickles in my burgers, but I don't mind it as a chaser <laughs> behind a whiskey. And probably because the first time I tried it was a, an Irish whiskey that I'm not a huge fan of. So it kind of helps kind of soften out that kind of over-the-top sugar thing. But uh, I, I, I have a, a fondness for the, the pickleback because it's, it's a dive bar staple. You know, it's one of those things that before I first came across, it was in a, a dirty little dive bar, and I had no idea. The first one, the bartender said, oh, but there's no chance I'm going to do that. You're out of your mind. And then, you know, after about four of them, I thought it was not a bad idea. So, um, you know, that's kind of how it is. You taste one, nah, oh, let me try another one. Oh, okay, that's not bad. All right, let me do another one. By the time you've had four, you're like, all right, I Get it. It's fun. Can I get another beer? Jeez. Yeah. Nathan Dodge, that was the story of your life right I, there. I, there I, you know? I might go back to tequila. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've never had a pickleback. I've had, I've been offered them and it's like, eh, just 
just let me drink my my scotch. Well, not my scotch, but my Irish whiskey, and and be happy with it. So yeah, I've never there tried it. Maybe one day. Funky Buddha's John Lynn is up next. He is the director of marketing and communication and brand for this legendary South Florida craft beer line. But John gives some great recommendations and some great advice about what it's like to work hard and their culture of hard work at Funky Buddha. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure to have you. So the question is, is what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten that you still use? You can think. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a take a sip if you need it. (laughs) Yeah, let me let me take a long sip here as I think about that. Um, you know, I don't know if this was like said to me explicitly or, or, or just like kind of patterned by some of the leaders that I've had in my life, because I think I've had some great ones that have they kind of influenced me in the way that I go about my kind of day-to-day business or, you know, just my life. And I think uh, a level of personal responsibility is so important, right? Like holding yourself accountable to what you want to accomplish, being true to yourself, and knowing that you left it all on the table. I think one thing about Funky Buddha that's been a constant throughout our, our history is a culture of hard work. And there's no one in that building that doesn't bust their ass day in and day out. And um, so I think just, you know, whether it's kind of leadership or just the, the, the folks around me uh, throughout that process, all the great people we've had come through that building, I think um, probably the, the best piece of advice that, you know, I've absorbed is, you know, Leave it all on the table. Work, work hard and hold yourself accountable. Next up is our very own Instagram star, Rachel. We're going to be talking about what she's drinking on. Does she like it with salt? Does she like it frozen? And why Professor Dodge doesn't like tequila. Enjoy. Talk with what I like to call the speed rail. So these are just quick one-off questions. Uh, you can answer them kind of quick. Uh, and of course, boys, if you'd like to add your own flavor, it should be good. A little different than last week. Uh, mojito or daiquiri? Mojito. Mojito. All right, Dodge, mojito or daiquiri? Daiquiri. Daiquiri. Johnny? Mojito. I'm going to go daiquiri as well. I don't know why. And Dodge, you shoot, make a very shoot. good daiquiri. All right, <laughs> let's go to Margarita Land. Wasting away again. Rachel, frozen or on the rocks? Frozen. Frozen, with or without salt? With. With Dodgy, I don't drink tequila. Oh, boo! We, that's a whole other story there, Rachel. Whole other that's story. A whole other, yeah, we were, yeah. No, no. I, I, I got my over my tequila issue uh, ten years ago, and that was after another previous fifteen years of not drinking it. So, uh, rocks with salt, please. Yeah, and uh, Patron for me, and make that rocks with salt. Uh, I used to enjoy that. And last one from my end here, just for Rachel. I know you're a Chicago native, so uh, White Sox or Cubby? Uh, Cubs fan. North Cubs fan. There you go. All right. Hey, Dodge, how about the Chicago dog? So my, I got an email yesterday from my father-in-law. We're going up for a 4th of July weekend, and he's like, so you need to come up with two different hot dogs, specialty hot dogs, and what are we going to do? So we got into a Chicago dog. So I ordered that neon green relish and the sports course. So those are already coming. Um, second hot dog I was going to do was a Columbia dog. So it's that mayonnaise and ketchup mixture with um, crushed pineapple. pineapple and quail eggs on top with uh, like, like what crushed. What the um, hell is that? 
Oh, it's so good. It's so, and and yeah. you know, I was saying diabetic coma earlier. This will definitely give you that pineapple crushed pineapple on a hot dog. Just make cool. mine without the eggs, please. Clear. I'm good with the other stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lee Brian Schrager is up next, the founder and creator of the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. If you didn't know, Lee is a chef by trade and a foodie at heart. So we get into some of the ins and outs of why. He's a total foodie. What's he going to eat on first? And of course, what's he going to drink on? So let's start it out with the foodie edition, shall we, sir? So, Lee, Brussels sprouts or cauliflower? Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Butter or olive oil? Oh, we got them. But well, it depends what it's for. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to say Irish butter. I, ooh, Kerry oh, butter. Oh. From an Irishman here, there that's perfect there. Foie yeah. gras or caviar? Foie gras. Oh, okay. I don't know where you're going to go now. Black truffles or white truffles? Uh, depends on what part of the Hamptons you're in. I, I was, I was, I was going to say it depends what time of year, but I think yeah. if I had to choose white truffles. White truffles, you got it. Chickles and, chicken and waffles or avocado toast? Oh, chicken and waffles. Chicken and God bless you. Uh, food on a stick or in a tiny spoon? On a stick. On a stick. God bless you on that one. All right. For all everyone here, uh, Lee started out. Favorite comfort food? Fried chicken. Ooh, Chef Massey. Oh, God. Uh, pasta. Oh, come on, Johnny. Right, we'll come back to Massey. Pasta. Nathan Dodge. Comfort food. Comfort food. Pasta. Shepherd's pie. I'm going the Irish. Shepherd's? Oh, wow. I'm going mac and cheese on that one. I love it. All right, let's go to the drink side, Mr. Lee, real quick. All right. What's your favorite breakfast wine, bubbles or rosé? Bubbles. Bubbles. God bless you. I love that one. Bordeaux or Burgundy. Burgundy. Burgundy, God bless you on that one, too. I just did a great seminar on that today. All right, this next one is new, and my friend Nathan Dodge and also John Noble Master are going to like this one. In our world, Lee, and probably yours, we call this the final final. What is that final drink of the night that you're going to order? You're going to sit in your backyard. You're going to be by your backyard fireplace in the Hamptons. What's your final final? A short turn. So, ooh, very nice. Yeah. Chef Massey, final final. An aged port. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I know Nathan's turning around to his bar and reaching, <laughs> my bar. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Nathan and I could have the final final, the same I'm going to do Fernet. Yeah, I'm going Fernet, but I do mine on the rocks. So and like it used it to be. I like my neat. Yeah, and it used to be Grand Marnier, Lee, but now that hurts my head. You know, we're just getting older at the same time. <laughs> and the last speed rail question, and this is a recycled question, Mr. Lee, because I used it before with our friend Alan Susser. This is borrowed from our friends at the CBS Morning Show Weekend Edition. Uh, and when they have their culinary professionals on, the last question they ask, which I think is very appropriate with your culinary background, is uh, if you had the opportunity to cook dinner for anyone, past, present, who would that be? The opportunity to cook for someone past or present. Who would that person be? Well, and why? I'm, I'm going to give you the same answer I've given on the CBS morning show. I rest my case. Thank you. <laughs> um, a, a friend of mine, her name was Edie Beal. Edie Beal, if you uh, ever watched a movie called Grey Gardens. Um, or, but if you don't know Edie Beal, Google Edie Beal. E-D-I-E Beal. B-E-A-L-E. She was a great friend of mine who I met in the Hamptons uh, in the late 70s. And she moved out to Florida, and we stayed friendly till her death, probably in the uh, late '90s. But uh, great friend of mine. Oh, perfect. That's that's a great answer, and that's why I love that question, particularly for all of us hospitality people out there. So that's my speed rail today, Lee. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, sir, very much for everything you do for us at the Chaplain School. Pete Carr. Pete Carr is up next. 
Pete Carr is currently the reigning champ on downloads. Let's take a listen to Pete Carr, the president of Bacardi North America, and take a little trip to the Midwest, find out some fun little facts, and of course, what makes Pete Carr tick. So let's, uh, let's start out in the, uh, the Cornhusker State, ladies and gentlemen, where the N is for knowledge, allegedly, Pete. Uh, there you go. There you go. It takes all right. a little while to get that, but don't yeah. think about it. It's all good. So uh, the easy one, all right, Warren Buffett or Jimmy Buffett? Ooh, I gotta go Jimmy. I love the islands. Uh, <laughs> love rum vibe. Yeah, I'm going Jimmy. But you know, of course, we all love our portfolio. So big plug for Warren Buffett as well. So it's all good. <laughs> all right. Uh, question for all of you guys. Uh, do we know what uh, beverage was invented in Nebraska? Ooh. Something what, with corn. Corn. What beverage was yeah. invented in Nebraska? That I do not know. Ooh. All right. Do not know. Well, this is leading up to our next question then. And there's also a brand that was developed in Nebraska that has a certain uh, Italian flair to it there, Chef Nasty. Anyone know what that is? In Nebraska? In Nebraska. Are there Italians in Nebraska? There's a statue of the... Oh, no, Pete, don't look it up. He's looking it up. There's probably an olive garden in Nebraska somewhere. All right. So here we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Am I going to be embarrassed? No. All right. Kool-Aid or Chef Boyardee? Ooh. Oh God, that's an Italian brand. Well, come on. They made both of them in Nebraska, or one. Yeah. Of them? Well, they, well, the, the the question is that what do you prefer, <laughs> Kool Aid or Chef Boyardee? Both invented in Nebraska. I know wow. the stadium is the third largest city on a game day uh, in Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good. All right, and then uh, we, we, how about this one? We'll throw a little Texas in here, and I don't want to mispronounce this brand, but Runza, Runza. Runza, yeah. Runza, and they're, that's they're Nebraska. That's Nebraska. All right, so you have your, your hot pocket, your meat pocket, or your football, yeah. as they call it there. My sister or, at uh, Runza. She was Runza. a manager. This is literally, uh, guys, if you don't know, a mixture of ground meat, onions, and cabbage, and it's the original hot pocket with cheese. All right, and this is a thing. It's actually the in the stadium at Nebraska. Okay. Yeah, well, you know. Okay, uh, all right. So we got, we, let's put this against, all right, Whataburger, which is a Texas brand. So Whataburger or Runza? Which one are you gonna have? I'm a burger guy. I gotta go Whataburger. My Whataburger. Kids, my kids, we were just back there for Father's Day. We surprised my uh, parents and enrolled in the first place. My youngest one wanted to go is he had to go to Whataburger. Yeah, it's it's a thing on that one, so it's good. All right. Wine legend Lars Light. He's coming up next now. If you listen to Lars, he'll give you some darn good reasons of how to drink your way through Italy, but at the same time, the logic behind why he is enjoying what he's enjoying. Well, Lars is the one that turned me on to Amaro's and Fernet and all that good stuff that comes along with it. So uh, have a listen to the legendary Lars Light. If you're into wine, this is going to be for you. All right, let's get it going with the, the speed rail here. So, uh, breakfast wine, Mr. Lars, Prosecco or Cortese, Gavi? Cortese. Oh, I'm right there with you for those guys that don't because know. Because I'd, I'd have to ask more questions about which Prosecco it is. True. All right, so we're going Cortese, with Cortese. Chances are you're going to be a small grower. Good. So, Gavi de Gavi is the place for him. I love Perfect. delicious Hill Select Prosecco. All right, lunch wine. Where are we going? Vermentino or Vernaccia? Vernaccia de San Gimignano. Vernaccia. Vernaccia. I drink a lot of Vermentino. I love it, but Vernaccia is again 
Going to be a little bit less commercial. It's got that little nutty finish to it, a little bit more mountain wine. Nothing wrong with the coastal wines of Vermentino. Love them too. But Vernaccia, nowadays, chances are you're going to get a small grower Vernaccia more than you get a small grower Vermentino. Love it. Love it. All right, boys, this is an open up to you because now we're moving into aperitifo. All right, the aperitifo section is going to be an Aperol Spritz or a Negroni. How many more stops do I have during the day? Exactly. Well, it's aperitifo. You're already kind of uh, in your leisure clothes. You're getting ready for dinner. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the aperitifo is basically the Italian happy hour. Uh, so uh, what are we drinking on, either the spritz or the Negroni? So, again, two factors. First of all, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Negroni first. But that's the hardest choice of all of them that you've given me so far. Oh, just because wait. I do enjoy a Campari, a well-made Campari spritz on a hot day, sitting outside. Lovely, great way, refreshing, clean, crisp start. I first discovered them in Verona during Vin Italy, probably about 15 years ago. Uh, we make them here. Karen loves them. I have a lot of respect for them. It's light because your alcohol is a little bit of Prosecco and a little bit of Aperol, which is about 9 10%, right? And then some spritz, some club soda. So light, refreshing, easy. You can have a couple of them. And have yeah, but if you've got like four or five of them while walking from A to B on South Beach, it's not a good day. Trust you me. haven't eaten enough. Uh, no, that's right. I, I see a T-shirt being made for Don. <laughs> I haven't eaten enough. You know, that's story now, of his and life. For, the and for me, it's a time pl- for every play, you know, time for everything. And with all the weather, as you pointed out, Lars, it's hot. I want that Aperol Spritz still. A nice, light, refreshing cocktail. I had a uh, long day the other day, and I needed a Negroni. But um, I made it the way, if you need the Negroni, you got to be really careful, meaning I need a refreshment, I need a kick. So I don't drink Negroni on ice anymore because the same thing. It becomes a little too easy. Mm. Uh, ice melts down a little bit. Oh, that was delicious. And then you have, well, I'll have another one, right? It goes down easy, then you go down easy. <laughs> So I have it shakered. Shaker it. Trend. Serving a trend. And what it does is it reminds you it's going to kick your butt. But Very you true. Like a martini. It's, ooh. Because so, it's all alcohol, like a martini, right? Oh, just as much alcohol. You got the gin and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It's, gin, vermouth, yeah. and Campari. All so, alcohol, all high, high, high test. Coming up next is our good friend Sherry. And yeah, we're going to be talking about wine once again. But a little twist here. We're talking about not-so-fine wine. Have a listen, have a laugh. It's worth the price of admission. Uh, we always start out with our breakfast wine, and I know you do enjoy your bubbles, but we got to keep with the not-so-fine edition here. So are we going towards the Andre Champagne from California? Figure that one out. Or better yet, the <laughs> J. Roger Brut, both under $5 a bottle. Which way are we going? J. Roger. Jay Rosé, a restaurant favorite for mimosas as well. Or I go you get, there. You get your nails done. <laughs> there you go. I'm there. All right. Arbor Mist Mango Strawberry Moscato. Hang on. I got to say that one, one more time. Arbor Mist Mango Strawberry Moscato or a marketing genius creation Blue Nun. What's it going to be? Oh, come on. Blue Nun goes back forever and ever. How can we not do Blue Nun? I would go Blue Nun. And those of you that don't know, <laughs> Blue, Blue Nun was the first blue bottle. Late from Elsh. Great, great, great marketing that they did with that brand. Uh, but that was a whole new generation of wine drinkers back in the 70s. And that really came That's out. That's right. All right. A little bit more modern times. So we have old school versus new school here. Charles Shaw, Two Buck Chuck versus 
Carlo Rossi, jug wine of your choice. Oh, shoot me. <laughs> Vodka. Well, there you go. <laughs> or Schnebelies. All right. All right. Get some, like get some Schnebelies bubbles. You like that? All right. All right, boys, we're going to throw this one for you guys as well. We'll start with uh, Miss Sherry as well here. Boone's Farm, Blue Hawaii. Strawberry Hill. Strawberry Hill. We'll take that. Strawberry Hill or Thunderbird. Oh, no. Oh, God. No John, you, you remember Thunderbird. No. You can only drink that in a brown bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hang it on the... Uh, okay. I'll stick with the two-buck chuck. Can we go there back to go. the two-buck chuck? Two-buck uh, chuck it is. All right, the Nathan Dodge edition here. Are we ready? So, Mad Dog 2020, Blue Raspberry, or Wild Irish Rose? Oh, Wild Irish Rose. Wild well, Irish Rose. Yeah, we should rename this, these questions, not the uh, the not-so-fine edition, but the headache and the bottle like edition. like voting oh, the last presidential election. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> All right. No Mad Dog 2020. No more. I heard Nathan say the, the Wild Irish Rose. We're going with that. All right. Well, what can I say about our next favorite chef? Chef Michelle Bernstein, amazing supporter of FIU, amazing supporter of education in the South Florida market. So we had to ask Michelle all about Michelle's 305. What are her favorite haunts? Where is she eating? And if you listen, she'll tell you about her favorite birthday meal at Joe's Stone every year. Thanks, Michelle. You're great. Uh, today, we're calling this Michelle's 305 edition. Uh, and of course, and she likes that one. Of course, these are this or that. And we'll ask the, the boys there as well. But we'll kind of have a little bit of fun. Now, Michelle, growing up in Miami, we, we can bring this back to the 80s quite easily. Let's think back. Is it going to be Miami Vice or the Golden Girls? Miami Vice. I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. All right. Into the 90s. All right. 80s, 90s. All right. Scarface. Or bad boys? Bad boys. Bad boys. Oh, right. Starface. Come on. Starface. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I was going to give you Dodge Birdcage on that one, but... Uh, Thank you. Thank you <laughs> <laughs> See, I love Robin Williams. He's, he's awesome in that one. All right, Michelle, your favorite seafood haunt. I know you guys are talking about Delaware chicken, but let's get to the restaurants. Captain's Tavern or Joe Stone Crab? Just don't I know, but you got to bring a small mortgage. When my beautiful fiance got her doctorate, we went there, and I was the first time I've ever been there. So just a few years ago, it was my birthday dinner ever since I was five years old. So oh. there you go, there you go. And I, right. I, my appetizer is fried chicken, and my main course is junk crab. Well, the fried chicken. Oh, that's that's the right way to go. I'm seeing a See. theme. Another reason we love you. Right? There you go. And obviously you picked up the fact that we're all big fans of out-of-the-way dive bars. But if you have to be uh, down on Miami Beach, are you going to Max Club Deuce with your friend for, uh, Anthony Bourdain? Or, of course, uh, Ted's Hideaway, which is one of my favorites. Well, it's funny. So after work, all of my cooks would go to Ted's and I would go to Deuce. <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. Which isn't a bad thing. Either I don't That's know. Good. All right. So it's talking about the after work or that afternoon happy hour cocktail. Are you going to be having a rum runner at Monty's or a mojito at the ball and chain? A rum runner at Monty's for sure. I'm right there. I was with, with you. All right. Hey, Lincoln's up next. We're going to be sailing the high seas. If you remember this episode, we talked to Lincoln about 
What's he going to bring with him if he's stuck on Coco Cay, which is the private island owned by Royal Caribbean? We have some fun with him. If you didn't know, Lincoln is also from Canada. So if you listen closely, you'll learn a little bit about poutine and why he prefers <laughs> Tim Horton over his beloved Red Lobster biscuits. Uh, and today is, if you are, now this is also, you know, current uh, conversation, but if you are stranded on Coco Cay in the Bahamas, if you are stranded on Coco Cay in Bahamas, the food and beverage edition, is it going to be a this or that type question? So we're going to start to the food and then you have to choose. And as Indiana Jones says in the, uh, what is it? The, uh, the, Temple of Doom, we'll say. Who knows? No, no, it was the uh, Raiders. Matrix. No, no, no. No, no, which one was it? The Holy Grail. The pills. I got to choose wisely. Choose wisely and edit that out. If I was stuck on Coco K and you're going to give me two choices and I got to give you the one that I think, okay. Smart guy. I like that. All right, let's go to the food side first. You got two choices there. So Red Lobster, Cheddar Biscuits, or a Tim Horton Donut Selection. Uh, Tim Hortons all day. Oh my God, he's going against the red light. Those biscuits are good, though. Yeah, good biscuits, good man. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm Canadian, man. Timmy is. Timmy's, yeah, Timmy's, so Timmy's. Tim Hortony. All right. So hey. we know you spent some time in California as well, uh, as well as up and down the East Coast. So that next point to choose here is it going to be In N Out Burger or Shake Shack? Uh, that's a hard one. Uh, Shake Shack. Shake Shack. All right, Shake Shack. All right, Danny Meyer, Randy Garudi. There you go. He's happy about that. My um, good friend Chipway is the president of the USHG, so he'd be upset if I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so because you spent a good amount of time on that Canadian border, um, and uh, are we going this or that now? Detroit-style pizza? Let me add, Detroit Rock City-style pizza or poutine? Poutine. Oh my God! Dodge is smiling over there. I don't even know what Detroit Rock style pizza it means. <laughs> oh no, well, it's Detroit Rock City, and that's definitely a, a great kiss reference. But or poutine. So here are your choice. You have to choose wisely. Is it going to be a corkscrew or a blender? You're stranded corkscrew. on Coco- corkscrew. All right, yeah. all right, cork dork like myself. So the classic question we love to ask: that breakfast wine is it going to be rosé or bubbles? Bubbles. Bubbles. You know, Lee Schreiger said the same thing. We like that one. All right. So we're moving into the afternoon now. Uh, are we going to do uh, a little uh, Chateau Petrus or, right, Sasakaya? Petrus. Really? I would have gone Sasakaya on that one. Gentlemen. Rum Master. All right. Rum Master David Sid is up next. David talks about what's that first cocktail he's going to have after he was stranded on a desert island. If you listen to the episode, it all makes a heck of a lot of sense. But he talks about some great spots he would go to when he gets back to dry land. We have some fun with David, and we look forward to having him in the classroom. I want to kind of focus these questions on, you're coming back from that island, and what is going to be your first? What is going to be your first? So, David, these are kind of fun questions. I'll incorporate the boys as well. But we're going to start this out pretty easy. So after being stranded on a desert island, finally back on the mainland, David, what's going to be your first cocktail? Uh, believe it or not, Bacardi and, and club soda. Uh, a one to two split, Bacardi Superior. It's going to be refreshing, crisp. It's going to have a hint of sweetness, a small hint of vanilla. And it won't, so it won't kill my taste buds, but it'll give me flavor and it'll hydrate me as I get back from that deserted island. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Nathan Dodge, what's going to be the cocktail? I'll probably be enjoying it on the desert island, but I, you know I like the, um, the Hemingway. 
So that yeah. nice lime daiquiri with a little twist of uh, grapefruit in it. That's my favorite. Mm. Someone's going to be very refreshing. <laughs> John Noble Massey, what's going to be that cocktail when you first get back you know, to dry land? You know, David inspired me to uh, reimagine the rum old fashioned. So that sounds just, just lovely. Really? I, I like that one. Yeah. You know, so we, we talked about the, the Mai Kai. We had a great interview a couple of weeks back with that as a legendary tiki bar. But I'm curious, what's going to be the first restaurant or bar, but restaurant or bar you're going to visit when you get back to dry land. David, what's going to be the first on your list anywhere in the world? Where's it, where's it going to be? Wow, you have really complicated this for me. Uh, <laughs> not because, listen, I, 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 can, I can keep talking rum, but I'll, I'll tell you what, there's a small place in Chicago. It's a family-owned joint, Argentine restaurant. They don't really serve cocktails, um, but the churrasco and uh, la entraña that they serve is the best I've ever had. So it's called Yandu, and it's, uh, it's in Chicago, uh, in Logan Square, uh, East Logan Square. So that's probably where I go and have a nice entraña with Spanish rice, and uh, maybe I'm on the side. <laughs> perfect, perfect. John Noble Massey, what's that restaurant or bar you're going to visit right away? Well, it's the, the place, it's the place that's your favorite, right? And it's, you know, I'm tossed between Tucci's Pizza, coal-fired here in Boca, <laughs> or the place that I've been to with you, Bouchon, out in Vegas, and for some foie gras. So, uh, ah. but pizza is my wheelhouse. I'll stick with Tucci's coal-fired pizza, Yum licious. Perfect. I like that one. Interesting. Nathan Dodge, what's going to be that bar or restaurant? I'm going to get stranded back on an island and do either Sloppy Joe's or uh, Captain Tony's. Captain Tony's. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. That's pretty good. Uh, so I just left my favorite bar, Mahogany Shoals. So I'm going with Nathan. I'll go, I'll go back to the island, back to Mahogany Shoals, and uh, get to see all my friends again. So that was always mm-hmm. good. All right. Stuck on our desert island. Well, that's what we got. It's Juan and Ira. We get into the rum conversation, but for some reason, we always wind up back to wine at some point in time. Uh, both of us are recovering sommelier, so we talk to wine and Ira about what's going to be in that bottle that they're going to be drinking when they are on a desert island. Fun listen, fun stories, great show. Have a listen. We're going to start this out a little easy, all right? And it's going to be... What bottle, all right? That's going to be number one. Mm. We're going to ask then what music and or book, and then I'm going to kind of wrap it up with a hybrid question. But now you're stuck on an island. I don't know what island it is, whatever island it is in your world, in your mind. But uh, if you're stuck on an island, Ira, what's that bottle of spirit you must have with you? English Harbor 8 from Antigua. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Actually, I know that one pretty darn well. Yeah. So great. So Juan, what's that bottle you got to have with you? It's right here. It never leaves me. Bacardi Superior Cartablanca. <laughs> I can solve 37 problems that I might have a cocktails with it right here. I love that one. I love that one. Professor Nathan Dodge, what's the bottle? Uh, I, I'm going to have to go off brand. I'm going to say Barbancore Five Star. Ah, Hish and Babanku. I can't, I don't have the accent, but yeah, <laughs> Barbancore five star. <laughs> I reserved you domain if I have a little bit extra jingle in the pocket. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Chef John Noble Massey, what's that bottle you must have well, with well, this, on an this, this may be rum month, but you never know me not to be honest. So I'm going to have a praise way 
the floor bottle, the rosé, with me, oh, hopefully, oh, someone to enjoy that with. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, with, with, with that being said, that's in uh, Massey. I love how you give me a love ball in the air. Uh, you know, Bonnie, I'm going to go back there to you, you real quick. Yeah, you know, as you and I are both recovering sommeliers, uh, what's that bottle of wine or bubbles you got to have oh. with you on your stranded island? Well, I will go fancy since, like, it's my bottle, my island, when, you know, I'm stranded. So I'm going to go for a, a crook, bottle of crook, and I'm going to go with a lemonier, lemonier, blood lemonier. Perfect, perfect. Chef Ira, what's that, what's that bottle hey, of wine you got to have with sorry. you? Chocolate block from South Africa. Oh, really? Good yeah. on you. I love South African oh. wine. Yep, and I love that. Interesting. Besides two buck Chuck, Nathan Dodge, what's it going to be? <laughs> It'll be a Sauve Blanc. I really don't care what kind. You know, I'm not the wine dude. Mm. Something that or rosé. Yeah. I was going to say, being stuck on an island, you know, I think it's summertime. I'm going to go Domainat, one of my favorite uh, rosés out there. So, Hey, you made it. You finally found it. It's the Lost Edition. Yeah, we had Rachel Dorian on a few weeks ago. Rachel is the archive specialist and in charge of all the history that takes place at the Bacardi archives. But we wanted to get a little bit more into her. I called it light stalking, but that's okay. Talk about a little bit of her time she spent in Virginia, in the UK, why she prefers to have breakfast martinis, and of course, why Nathan Dodge's middle name really is Eugene. Have a listen. If you listen all the way through, you'll hear about summer reads and what we're sipping on in that Adirondack chair, poolside, at the beach, hanging out, but either which way, we love talking to Rachel. Have a listen. Uh, with your fond love for baking and cinnamon runs or cinnamon buns, uh, what are we? What wine are we pairing with our cinnamon buns? Oh, oh, God. <laughs> Ooh, you know, can I pass on this one and say a cocktail? No. Okay, you can say oh, cocktail. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. With this crowd, absolutely. Oh, I think like a. I feel like an old fashioned, like a rum old fashioned or something could be really cool with this. Like something with a lot of vanilla, you like, you want all those cinnamony notes and you don't really tend to get that with wines, but. Golf clap on that gentleman. That yeah, very good. I'm going to say cocktail. Very good. I don't know. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> that was well thank you, played. Thank you. <laughs> that was very well played. So uh, now let's go across the pond real quick. And gentlemen, I'd like you to enjoy this question. There's only one coming out. You spent some time in the UK. I'm a big fan of London, London proper. My sister-in-law is actually British and from London. Uh, but if you're going to be uh, in London, the wonderful city, and we know you also have a great fond for uh, breakfast items for not just for breakfast in the month, but also for dinner. Uh, so if you're in London, are you going to have the breakfast martini or the Vasper martini, famous for 007 for Nathan Dodge, both classic British drinks? Now, would you like to know what the difference? Please. I know you would, Nathan. Yes. So the breakfast martini is a thing denoting the use, obviously, of gin, sapphire, triple sec, fresh lime juice, and a scoop, wait for it, British marmalade, right? Ooh, English marmalade. That would be nice. Really? Shaken up, mm-hmm. right? Stir- and then served up in a classical martini glass. And then a I have great out. trivia information about a marmalade, so if you ever are curious mm-hmm. about okay. marmalade. Thanks for shopping and stopping by, Nathan. Good to see you. <laughs> All right, so... The, the Vasper, though, is going to be from that 007 from Casino Royale that denotes the use of going to be gin, vodka, and lalette. So, uh, which way are we going? Kind of leaning towards the breakfast martini. Absolutely. I mean, the marmalade sounds really cool. You know, I love the sugary stuff. So, that sounds awesome. And I'm 
Low-key really See? disappointed. I never tried one of those when I was and there. And it's fitting right in with your breakfast for dinner business model. Uh, so there you, you go. You really stalked my LinkedIn well, didn't you? You really did. That's scary, <laughs> dude. You need light to file a uh, yes. restraining order, light Rachel. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, you know, we, we go to graduate school for this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, you would be, last... you know, you do very good in the Bacardi archives. Your investigative journalism is top notch. I'll give you that. No, um, they should maybe make me the Bacardi director or something over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, the last question, this is going out to all of us. And uh, I, I always like, uh, and I'm going away from the final final, even though it is very appropriate mm-hmm. for our friend Rachel. Uh, but uh, again, with my light stalking and research, we're going to call it research just to make us all feel better about ourselves. It is summertime. Um, and I'm very curious of uh, what our summer read, and that's a book, Nathan, not a coloring book. All right. Oh. Our summer read. Yes, I keep in the lines. Yeah, it, it shows. All right. Our summer reading cocktail would be. All right. So if you're going to be sitting on that favorite mm. on and on deck chair like I do on Block Island, or if you guys are going to be on the beach, uh, Nathan Dodge getting lost in his own backyard, what's going to be first? Let's go summer read, and then we're going to go cocktail with that summer read. So, Rachel, you can hold it. I know you're getting excited there. Uh, and uh, let's go to uh, Chef John Noble Rassi. Massey. What is that summer read? My, my summer read. And don't oh, say my your syllabus for the fall. <laughs> that, that's really what it is. Um, I am a fan of short stories. And every once in a while, I pick up my O. Henry uh, compilation. And I would read that. I like it. I like it. All right. Nathan Eugene Dodge. Yes. It's kind of on Eugene. a uh, Carl Hyacinth kick right now. So I think I've got two uh, books left from Carl. So I'll probably read the last couple of those. I do like his little skink series. That makes me giggle. Um, and yeah, I'll probably have a, a, a Hemingway with it. Cause you know, it's, it's Miami. It's, it's South Florida. It's nice and light and delicious. All right. So you jumped ahead. That's okay. So we'll go Our back TV. to uh, John Noble Nassie cocktail with that book. You know, Rachel brought up, or you brought up the beignet, and I just love a very nice, light, refreshing beignet in, in summertime. I, I love Adirondack chairs as well, by the way. Ray's yep. sitting on them, overlooking a beautiful lake in the Adirondacks, and I picture myself there right now. Perfect. All right, so Rachel, before we go to you, I'll, I'll throw my two bits out there. I'm one of those guys that I'm constantly working outside and doing stuff if we're, we're not working here. So I listen to a lot of audiobooks. So lately... Uh, my summertime listens uh, have been two. One is actually both very fitting. One is by uh, Professor Scott Galloway, and it's going to be called The Algebra of Happiness. Uh, he's a very opinionated professor up at NYU, but he's doing some really cool stuff. And the other one, I'm listening to the uh, biography of uh, Robin Williams. I absolutely love Robin Williams. Always have, always will. I think he's just amazing, um, his energy and everything else. And uh, you know what? I'm going old school, and you guys both uh, heckle and jekyll in the upper corners. You're going to yell at me. I like my cold, icy cold Miller Lite. That makes me happy. <laughs> I like a Miller Lite. Miller Lite's probably my favorite, you know, breakfast beer. It is a breakfast <laughs> beer. And, you know, when I've been teaching brewing arts for years around the world, everyone's like, what do you drink? I'm like, Guinness Stout or Miller Lite, you know. But I, I appreciate all the everything else. But if you go to my boat bag right now or go in my fridge, you will find icy cold Miller Lite. So there you go, Timmy Moran. So, all right, Rachel, no pressure on this one. Your final question. What's that summer read and what you drinking on? I, I still can't get over that you were like, pick your favorite cocktail, and you're like, Miller, Miller Lite. <laughs> Little do you know. Yeah. We are very <laughs> simple that. folk here. A little twist in there. 
Ooh, okay. So I every read every year. I feel like I read the same book. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the classics. Obviously, working in the Cardi archives, I read a lot of old books. And one of the books that I love is called Rebecca by an author named Daphne Du Maurier. This is really old classic, cool kind of like gothic romance novel. Highly recommend. You know, everyone listening that you read it. It's it's amazing writing. It's a really cool story, kind of like a mystery. And I would have to say in the summertime, if I'm reading it, like a French 75 or something very Monaco-esque, like very reminiscent of that age. It it takes place, I think, in 1938. So let's go back with the classics. Something with Bombay Sapphire Gin or going through a gin phase lately. Hey, you've reached the end. You made it. I hope you enjoyed all of our speed rail conversations. Listen, we got more to come. We have some amazing guests coming up. We have September. We're going to be talking brews in October. The holidays are rolling in. And you know we're going to be pulling out all the stops on our speed rail conversation with all our guests. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Friday when we drop a new episode with some great stories all about the hospitality beverage industry coming from you live from the Bacardi Center of Excellence. Thank you very much.